Dude, just lay your hands on somebody, man. Just release some shiggy diggy ding dong on them. Just release a shig on them. Release a shiggy diggy diggy. Oh, Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you in this place. You are fun. You are good. You're better than we ever imagined. We couldn't have invented you, Lord. Oh, we couldn't have thought of something this good, God. We couldn't. Whoa. Every day, Lord. I, we just release at each other just a fresh drink of your goodness. Of the goodness of God. Of the goodness. Of the exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or imagine. The truth of who you are in us and as us today. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And you just put your hand on your belly, too. Just, just say, I thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for permanently dwelling inside of me. Oh, not just as baby Jesus, but as full-grown God-man. Declare over you, you're a full-grown God, man, or woman. Uh, happy Father's Day! You're you're filled with the Father. <laughs> you got the fullness of the Father in you. You're not waiting to be fathered by somebody. You have the Father living inside you right now, so you can be a father. <laughs> you're the manifestation of the Father. Wow. I was just thinking about the Father Heart of God today. You know, it's like, it's so amazing that every religion can't, cannot present to you a Father. You know, only, only Jesus revealed to us our Father who's in heaven. <laughs> it was such a scandal. And like, whoa, may we not take for granted, you know, our Father who is in heaven. <laughs> so holy is your name inside of us, Lord. So beautiful is your name, God. Whoa, so precious is your name, Lord. Father, 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 Father. Hmm. So you just have permission today to just soak in that Father's blessing, you know. Um, well, if you uh, if you just want a fresh revelation of the Father, just take it right now. Just take it today. Even if you don't get anything else out of this. Jesus came to reveal Father. <laughs> Father in heaven. Holy, 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 holy is your name. So much better than every other name, God. We bask in the revelation of you as our Father, the God of the universe, the one who is love, the one who is compassion, the one who is grace himself. Thank you, Lord. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Have another drink. <laughs> Thank you.
awake today. Let your soul be awake. Let your body be awake. Let your eyes be alive. Let your eyes be enlightened. Our Father in Heaven, Dad, let your spirit bear witness that you're a son or daughter. with angels we thank you for a healing presence right now thank you for a wholeness presence in your presence there is fullness of joy and peace shalom <laughs> you are good God you are good you are good you are good just so good. I thank you for the frequencies of goodness right now. Frequencies of goodness over our lives. Whatever is noble and whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is good, think about those things. Let your mind be brainwashed by goodness. You have the unlimited option of thinking about only good things today. <laughs> Someone's getting it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We'll get to the teaching for those of you that like the teaching. <laughs> right now it's just the Sir Squinty Eyes anointing. 
Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your revelation in the nations. Thank you for breakthroughs of power, Lord. Breakthroughs of power. Just hear that phrase. If you just, whoa, if you just want the demonstration of power in your life, you've got it. Just take it. If you need a miracle and you're watching or you're just sitting here, just take a miracle, right? Just take your miracle. You are a miracle, you are a sign and a wonder. We just thank you, Lord, that this message produces a confidence in us for demonstration and manifestation. Mm. Beyond our wildest dreams, we just take it just sitting here effortlessly, not trying to obtain anything but resting in what you gave us freely from the foundation of the world. fullness of your destiny. Thank you, God. Fullness of your destiny. Just soak in the weight of your glory right now, God. <laughs> you never get old, Lord. <laughs> get old God just ride the waves just ride the waves Jesus Thank you for your psychedelic glory, Lord. Higher than kites in the thunderstorm. <laughs> Higher than a kite in the tornado. <laughs> the ecstasy of God. We're not too busy for you, Lord. <laughs> You're all we've got. <laughs> oh, 
Everything else finds its place in you, Lord. Hmm. Everything finds its place in our union with you, God. In our union. Uh, uh. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I feel free to talk now. <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, uh, I just felt the Holy Spirit highlighting, and some of this is old news for some of you maybe, but uh, I just want to talk about the deconstruction of religion. (laughs) Or you could call it uh, 10 identifiers of religion, or a religious spirit. And uh, I just want to say in precursor to this, that... I'd much rather be known for what I'm for than what I'm against. But uh, I just felt to say this. I don't know. I just want to. I just wanted to say things that I've recognized as, uh, as ways you can smell religion and then just begin to uh, disengage from that. Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of terms you can say. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, here's the things I'm for. Right? I'm for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which means I'm for freedom. I'm for the wild, intoxicating adventure that is knowing God and all of her glory. And I'm for unconditional love and union with God and man found in Christ. But even some of those phrases, you know, you can say, Oh yeah, I love the gospel. And then a lot of people say, I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then there's mixing in, it's a mixed bag, you know what I mean? Uh... You'll even notice a number of guys that are tipping their hats to the finished work right now. You know, saying, I believe in the finished work, but... And, in addition, and therefore, and uh, and so on and so forth. And, uh, whoa! What's so amazing about the finished work, I mean, among millions of things, <laughs> is it's the death of religion. It's the death knoll of 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 uh, of separation it's it's the death cry to all hindrances in your union of anything that could ever kill your buzz the gospel of Jesus the source of this intoxication so i mean whoa the presence of god this weighty presence which you're enabled to live in by the the building of your confidence through understanding of the gospel uh, is everything. <laughs> but, uh, whoa! So let's just not, I mean, I just, I just want to release, you know, on the record here, you know, uh, freedom from religion, just freedom from every bondage of, of, of doubt and, and sense of separation. And so I just wanted to, like, talk about those, just kind of name some things. So I just kind of made a little list of ten things that were coming to mind as the Holy Spirit is talking to me, and uh, and so I'm excited like to just release this, and I think uh, it just releases a clarity, you know, on your your freedom. You know, uh, Galatians five says it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Whoa, which is so scandalous that like we're always like free unto what? Like unto free? Well, it's freedom unto freedom. So, but what does that really mean, you know, um, uh, wow. Uh, 
freedom in the presence of God to literally live out your identity not with an understanding of a, of a father who now wants something for you or wants to perform he wants you to perform something but just enjoys being with you and releasing you to the adventure of life you know what if God just put us here on this planet to live life and enjoy you know and to like enjoy things and to explore and to have there's just I mean, it makes a lot of sense, you know, when you have clarity. But so many times we're just busy, caught up in essentially religion. And we've been preached so many things that keep you occupied and distracted. And you don't really feel a lot of freedom in your life. And that was the very thing that Christ purchased for you. And so it's so, it, it is a scandal, and it, which is why um, there's been a tendency of man to water it down. You know, uh, and and it's just too good to be true, right? You know that, but uh, here it is again, right? The gospel is always too good to be true, and uh, religion wants to water it down. Now, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, here's my little, you know, like I said, a preface or whatever. Uh, I'm not talking about like the... Like James 1 says there's a pure and undefiled religion, which is beautiful, which is caring for widows and orphans in their distress and keeping oneself from being polluted by the world. And there's a lot of revelation on that. It's funny because you can kind of get a sense that James is like, all right, I mean, you're all talking about these religious things and whatever and programs, but like, let's just, you know, uh, if you really want like to use this religion, I mean, why not just like, love people and be pure you know let's just keep it simple <laughs> love love those that are hurting love the weak and uh, let's see a practical demonstration but so the word religion isn't necessarily bad it's like what I'm implying is the connotations that you all kind of know what it means now you know what I mean like it's just putting into language really what um, and let me just clarify for you if you look it up in dictionaries or whatever uh I'll read you a few little definitions. About half of the definitions aren't aren't bad, but even in the dictionary, some the other half is like a religion, uh, any formal or institutionalized expressions uh, of uh, of belief, the attitude or feeling of one who believes in a transcendent controlling power, <laughs> uh, the way of life determined by vows of poverty, chastity. Chastity and obedience entered in by monks, friars, and nuns. <laughs> uh, involving devotional and ritual observances, often containing a moral code governing the conduct of human affairs. Ritual observance of faith. All of these things like, doesn't really like feel good, you know what I mean? And then taking it back to the root word, like you probably all heard this before, but I mean, religion literally comes from the... The same root, it's like a ligament in your body, religion, re- ligament, which means to, like, to bind together. You know what I mean? Like, it's this thing that's, like, kind of has a grip on you, and you, you can't, you know... I mean, a ligament in your body is good, but... <laughs> and, and it all comes from... Those definitions come from a complete misunderstanding of what, you know, like, faith in Christ is about. And uh, it's like... Uh, I mean, I don't quote Bono from you two very often, but, uh, you know, his quote on, uh, I mean, there's glory on it. There's a lot of glory on you two, actually. But, uh, 
You know, one of the quotes he said is, uh, religion is what you have left when God, like Elvis, has left the building. And uh, you have uh, discipline, uh, an emphasis of discipline replaces uh, true discipleship. And uh, anyway, the point, point is, you have to bind someone if you don't think that they're, uh, basically, if they're not holy, you have to enforce something to make them act holy. And that's really like a lot of what religion is. And so, if you don't have an emphasis of the gospel, a true understanding of the gospel, you, all you have left in your life is you're going to live by religion. Whether you call yourself a Christian, a Buddhist, or whatever, you're, that's what you're going to be, you know, you're going to find yourself stuck with. So, get out right. Okay, have a drink. My camera just went out for a second, so. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm gonna fix it. Just tap your neighbor in the arm and give him a give him a little uh, glory injection for a minute, or give somebody a hug. Thank you, Lord. Uh. Give someone a Father's Day hug. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Too much intensity. Amen. All right, well, we're back here. Thank you, Jesus. I just like to... Keep this all, you know, on record. Keep it all off. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Uh, we praise you for the camera working again. Oh, Jesus. Whoa! So it's for freedom that Christ set you free. And uh, you don't need to be bound. Like, that's literally the definition of religion by, by, uh, def- by dictionary definitions, to bind. So that would pretty much be the opposite of what Christ did for you. <laughs> there, you there you have it, folks, by dictionary definition. And uh, so I'm going to just name ten things and kind of just go into descriptions of those that are like, when you smell these, you can just, uh, just you know religion's present, Okay. <laughs> But before we go into that, and, I, and I'm gonna with, with each one of these, I'll mention like, okay, if this is what religion does, then what is what is it replaced with by the freedom of the gospel? You know, not just pointing out the negatives, but so, but uh, but the ultimate replacement for all of this is why I have such a passion to champion a gospel of all mankind's per- perfect inclusion in Christ, your perfection, your holiness. Um, because if, like I said before, like if you don't have holiness flowing from your heart, not like uh, in God's eyes holiness, right? As if God can't see the true reality. It's like God's got colored glasses on. And so now he just sees Jesus, but you really are still like wicked and he's just covering it up. It's not the cover, it's change. It's not, a, it's not seeing you through the blood. It's that the blood actually did something to you, right? It's a major difference because if your heart hasn't been changed, then you need religion because 
it's it's like the law. Like the law may have uh, helped to give you some sort of uh, of governance while you, before you realize Christ. You know, a schoolmaster to lead you to Christ. Just like in society, laws help everyone from killing each other. You know, or whatever. They they maintain some sense. But how much better would it be if no one ever wanted to kill anybody? <laughs> And that's the difference, you know. So what Jesus did in giving you a new heart and a new mind, Ezekiel says, I'll, I'll put a new spirit, a new heart within them. You know, Hebrews says that, uh, oh man, the, the whole basis of the new covenant is I write my laws on their hearts now. I write from the inside of them. They have holiness flowing. And so this gospel brings that kind of a freedom that you never need to have an outside source trying to force you to be holy because it's who you are. Woo! Bam! It's just good. It's good. It's good news. You know, and sometimes people don't know who they are. That's why the gospel, we preach the gospel, you know. And sometimes you might forget who you are and stumble into something, but it doesn't change who you are. It's just a momentary lapse of drunken reason, as I can say. <laughs> so... If you see a lot of people forgetting who they are, the solution still isn't to go back to religion. See, that's another thing. It's like tendency. Oh, well, we tried the gospel and it wasn't working as fast enough or as well as we thought. So we go back to religion. Let me tell you, religion's not going to do you any better. <laughs> We've tried that, right? You've tried that or you wouldn't be here probably. <laughs> well, feel free. You have the freedom to go and try it for yourself if you want. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm done. But Glory. You're still loved and accepted if you want to try religion. <laughs> but all that to say is like, you know, like John Crowder says, religion isn't like the white witch of the West or like the, or of the East, like the good witch. You know, like we think, oh, well, you know, there's some things that are really bad, but, you know, religion, I mean, what are you going to do? You've got to tolerate it. You know, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, <laughs> woo! You know, I would go so far as to say that, like, you know, Every sin is stemmed in some way to religious understanding or a law-based understanding. So, I mean, you could say, like, I forget who said, the only people in hell are the religious. <laughs> I'm not trying to be hard on but if you know, like, who are the only people that Jesus was really harsh with, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, uh, it's not like, oh, well, you know, I mean, at least they're not, like, drug addicts. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, the drug addicts might be closer to the kingdom a lot of times, you know. But, I mean, it's like whatever. Like, no, every, every sin is unhealthy and harmful or whatever. So, it's like, well, let's make a lesser of two evils. Whatever. You just take your full-on purity right now. Bam. Like, a big drink of purity. It's you. That is who you are. But, anyways. So, religion isn't like a minor, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, it's choking out the heart of... Of so many people that I mean, how many beautiful you know artists and people and lovers and you know amazing people in society would would easily receive Jesus if religion wasn't an issue, you know. So, anyways, <laughs> whoa, so much glory and freedom. Yeah, 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 freedom with with purity because you're holy. So, okay. The, ba- the here's here's my little, my little list of ten identifiers, right? Okay. 
10 steps to be free from religion. No, you're already free, but... <laughs> These are just things that tend to creep in sometimes, you know, like, um, especially if you've been in the church for a while and you're like wanting to be free, like a lot of people are like, you know, you may still embrace a few of these, and so here's some release. But, okay, the big ones. Um, first one is distance. Okay? Distance. Anytime you hear someone emphasizing a greater connection with God somewhere else, a greater glory somewhere else, whether that even be in heaven or in that place that's having the great outpouring or the place where the man of God is or the woman of God is. Anytime there's a sense of a greater connection with God or even just a greater breakthrough in your life somewhere else. So distance, right? D- distance is like, it's a big one. A lot of people think, if only I could be somewhere else or if only I was, you know, the tendency just comes, comes sometimes with the, uh, not from your, not from the inside of you, because you're holy, <laughs> but the idea that the grass is always greener on the other side. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, how many people have thought that? You know, and yet instead of recognizing, because this is what Jesus preached: the kingdom of heaven is now here, now at hand. Everything of heaven is now. It's like you you often hear, and you may feel sometimes. Man, like, I would just love to go here. If I went here, everything would be better. If I went there, everything would be better, you know? If I could just... And listen, there's nothing wrong if the Lord's, like, taking you in different places or you're going to learn something here or there, but there should never be that sense of lack in your present location. If it is, you can tell it's going to be religion. (laughs) Whatever you want to call it, I don't care, but these are all connected with religion and at the root of it, distance. Even distance between you and God. The cross comes to demonstrate that you are inseparably united. You. Little old you. (laughs) It reveals that you're big, young you. (laughs) Not little old you here. Not not big big man of God somewhere else. Not, Not move of God somewhere else. If only I could get to this place where the outpouring is happening. (laughs) You are the outpouring. Mm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There may be people in certain places that have a greater awareness of that and you want to learn from them, right? That's, That's beautiful. And it doesn't mean there's not anointings or there's not like you know, an interconnectedness within the body where like you receive things from people that live in other places or whatever. It doesn't create this sense of just like, I'm the only Jesus. You know, there's still an interconnected everywhere, right? But like I said, just no sense of lack in the present location. Uh, Woo! So good, so good, so good, so good. So the other one that's connected with that is uh, number two on my list here how to smell, how to sniff a whiff of religion. <laughs> Once you recognize these, you never have to smell it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so distance, let me back up. Distance is replaced with nearness, okay? Nearness. So the one that's connected with that is delay. Delay, right? Delay. Any time that more of God 
or more breakthrough will be here at another time. Okay, maybe God's going to, you know, in all places and in all locations. We know He's omnipresent, right? But maybe it's not going to manifest until another time. So the sense that, like, maybe, you know, again, the big one is someday in heaven, you know. <laughs> someday when heaven comes or someday when revival comes or when Joel 2's great outpouring happens or the, the latter rain begins because now we're in this season and then, you know, there's just a couple more seasons until we get to the latter rain, until we get to the great... Listen, even though there was a day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, you read some of the Old Testament guys and they were tapping into the fullness of that during their time. So, of course, there's times and seasons of things that happen, but when you have a revelation of Christ, you can live beyond time and beyond seasons. You know, so... It's not to say like, oh, well, what about Pentecost? Well, what about when Jesus manifested? The time seems like such a weird thing to you. But like, look at Enoch, right? Like Enoch was translated and went back and forth thousands of years before Pentecost. You know, thousands of years before the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus physically. He didn't have some secret that you don't have. He obviously just saw Christ in, the, in a future manifestation, but he, he accessed the fullness of it at his time. In the same way now, you can access anything past, present, or future by having revelation of it. Because that's the heart of God is that always, His heart has always been for absolute unity with you. And He's not, you know, uh, put you in a desert season. You know, it removes all, this idea of desert seasons, I don't care what anybody teaches. Most of them are based on the Song of Solomon, which is like, is that going to be your primary, like, theological book? I mean... Come on, every, there's like a billion different interpretations of the Song of Solomon. I, mean, I love it, but I'm not going to like take the one time when the Shulamite seemed to not be able to find her bridegroom and, and dis, discount the entire New Testament because of like one chapter of the Song of Solomon. You know, the New Testament declares like, like inseparable union. So I can't, you know what I mean? Like all the whole writings of Paul and yet... And, and you take one little piece from like a couple of places in the Bible that you might be able to twist to fit your experience where you felt dry right now, you know. But let me tell you, dude, like, throw out the whole New Testament if you want to believe in desert seasons. Whoa. It's the message of the cross. So delay is replaced with nowness. Distance is replaced with nearness, and delay is replaced with now. <laughs> the power of living in the moment. Hebrew, Hebrews 4 sa- says, as long as it is called today, right? There remains a rest for the people of God. When? Today. Today. Isn't that crazy? 2 Corinthians says, today is the day of salvation. Today. So, I mean, it's, I love that. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is you know, whatever, and it goes on to describe. There's so many places where it talks about the the eternal day of now, the eternal today. And uh, my God, like, that's why, I mean, there's whole, like, teachers that make their entire ministry or their entire, like, you know, research and writing on just the now, living in the now. Because if you believe that we have all access to heaven, God, the fullness of everything... If you actually believe that and, and just realized it in one moment of time, for just a second, you just realized it and experienced it. My God. <laughs> just a second. 
of the fullness of what the gospel released into the now, it's simply being, you know, you know, oh my God, being in the moment. Whoa. With God. It's so good. It's so good. So any one of these, you know, they're just, they're just good news. I mean, they're, they're ecstatic good news that can quicken you into no more distance, no more delay. So instead, we have nearness and nowness. Nearer than the air you breathe, nearer than your heart is in your chest, and more present than, you know, the second that you can say it on your lips. <laughs> Quicker, you know, in a, what, what chapters it says, before you called, I would answer, you know. <laughs> Like that always seems like such a you know mystery. Before you even said something, I would answer it. That's how present God is and, and eager to display the fullness in your life. Ugh, so no distance, no delay. Uh, okay, the third one, uh, Jesus. The third one is you can smell religion where there is performance and required behavior change or the, it's the same thing performance okay not like performing a play or something that's cool performing your music <laughs> but having to behave a certain way in order to have uh, you know to be deemed as good and uh, that seems crazy because like well how else are we going to motivate people to be good you know <laughs> But that is the scandal of grace. Grace goes to a deeper level of your being than just outward things. Religion and law can deal with outward and may look good for a time or a season. But when you smell like... When you identify this one by... People treat you differently if you behave differently. Uh, yeah, that's performance. They're going to... They're gonna, withhold love or give more love based on your behavior you know or if you see god that way or if you or if that's the way that people are acting in the name of god or whatever dude there's just nothing there with jesus like jesus comes with such grace beyond behavior and that's what empowers positive behavior but <laughs> you can smell this when you feel like you're never spiritual enough? If someone makes you feel like you're never quite spiritual enough around them, or if you feel that way about God, just know that that's a religious idea. That's not Him. That's not Holy Spirit. That's not Mama God. So performance and behavior change required is replaced with acceptance. Just acceptance. And, uh, <laughs> it's just good, man. So that connects with the fourth, the fourth one. How you recognize religion is uh, when there's conditional love, <laughs> Con conditional love. Obviously, that's replaced with unconditional love, or as First Corinthians says, love that never fails, love that never ends. You know, it says love never fails, like. That seems like a spiritual phrase. It's not just like a cool line to end the poem of 1 Corinthians 13. But I think it's the summary of it. It says, love that never stops. Nothing can stop it, even for a moment. No, None of your behavior, none of your interaction. Um, 
There's even people that preach a gospel that's like pretty pure, but then I just can't, I just have to cross over this line. Some people say that God's love is only for those that are in Christ. And it just seems to like, just doesn't work, man. Uh, well, first of all, who's not in Christ? So I guess you could respond and say, okay, sure, his love is only for those in Christ, and everyone's in Christ, so. <laughs> but there's this idea that this one is rooted in a misunderstanding regarding, like, the atonement, regarding the death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, regarding the idea of people think that uh, God was our enemy at some point. And so we had to get in Christ before He would be for us. But actually the revelation of Jesus Christ reveals that He was always for us. Not just post-cross. Not just, well, Jesus had to do something or the Father was going to be against us. You know, all those ideas which we've talked about, you know. But I want to encourage you, you know, like, uh, there's a lot of crazy theologies, theologians, that will come out and they will try to show you, even biblically, how, you know, God's love is isn't really unconditional. I, that doesn't even make sense. But there's a lot of people that, that are saying that in the church and, and uh, its implications are felt. It, it's a foundation of religion as well. Like, because uh, you can only have fear-based stuff if you believe that. It's just going to manifest in fear-based. So, anyways, <laughs> the scandal of unconditional love. It'll get you in trouble. You can see it in your own life, like, what do you do when people just continually offend you, you know, or make mistakes, you know? <laughs> do you place conditions on, on your, your behavior towards them, you know, on your, on your love toward them? Only through a revelation of the Father's unconditional love for you can you manifest unconditional love for those around you. You have to be continually confronted with His presence and His thoughts regarding that, you know? Whoa, how he lives. So beautiful. Woo! Oh, thank you, Lord. So have another drink of unconditional love. Thank you for the ecstasy, God, of a love that never fails flowing through our being. Flowing through our being. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, number five, uh, another way of smelling religion is uh, when you smell politics. <laughs> I'm not saying, uh, like, the government of America or, like, Republicans or Democrats. What I'm talking about is, uh, it, it's connected with all these. They all flow in the same, but it's basically uh, behavior modification and control in that regard. Um, it's, it's related to uh, performance. It's related to... Uh, Politics makes you have to behave a certain way in order to grow your life, grow your success, grow... Like, you can't be yourself. You can't be yourself. You have to be what is deemed appropriate by the masses. You know what I mean? You have... It, 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 it's, it's like performance on a bigger scale. You know what I mean? It's like a grander scale. And most churches are built on this. Especially if you're in leadership, you're pressured to be that way. And that's why a lot of people are like, I, I do not want to be a leader. I'll just, no, like, stay away because I know how I have to behave if I'm going to be that way. You know, it's like, uh, we got to break that down, dude. Like, politics is like a, I mean, ugh, it's disgusting. It's really disgusting. And the world is sick of it. 
you know, I, this generation is like, I know like most of the people I grew up with like don't even want to be involved in politics at all because it's so, it's become so like such a mess, like there's almost no hope in anybody, you know, in that realm. And, uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like there's a gospel that frees you into something. What is it replaced with? It's replaced with trusting relationships and transparent, willing to grow and fail leaders. I know it's like a long phrase, but <laughs> leaders that are transparent, willing to grow and be able to fail in a culture that allows that, you know, um, <laughs> freedom to fail is, is a part of the gospel. <laughs> like it really is like, uh, oh, it's just scandalous. It's just scandalous. It's not expecting to fail, but it's, you have the freedom to know you're accepted and know no at, at any stage and it's the only way you're going to be able to keep growing is if you're allowed to continue to push the limit and sometimes it's like mess up otherwise you just get stuck in this plateau which is where most like churches and places find themselves they come so far but then it's like you can't go farther out than this because of the politics structure like we've never seen this before we're not sure what everybody's going to think and you could mess up and that's going to really screw everything up and we won't be able to trust you and we'll have to set you aside because you did something too far, you know. <laughs> Politics. Mm. Sounds yummy. <laughs> but trusting relationships, communities based on uh, transparency and, and the freedom to fail and leadership that's free to fail not expected to fail and obviously like you want leaders that are honorable and you want leaders that you know have a it, like leadership is more about having a heart of the fruit of the spirit you know love and joy and peace and patience stuff but uh you know they might make ex have experiments and whatever <laughs> regarding a lot of a lot of various ways I'm not talking about like expecting people to fail morally or anything like that but if they do still it's not like disqualified you know <laughs> so much grace man and you'll find we'll find I, I just I know it I, I just know that you'll find in that atmosphere that you will have amazing beautiful like leaders and amazing like beautiful like structures that are based on relationship so anyways glory so number six this is connected with that okay uh, sixth way of smelling religion yuck uh, control <laughs> But it's just what we talked about. I mean, again, this is connected and it hits to the heart of all of them, but control. If you don't believe people have a holy heart, then you have to control them. You don't have another option. So if you don't believe the gospel, your only option is control. And that's where it stems from. So it's not even like people don't set out to be controlling, usually. It's just that they're afraid that if they don't, do something about themselves, their family members, those close to them, or those in their community, like to man manipulate and control them. They're afraid that they will go in bad places, go go the wrong direction, or not their, not my vision, or not not how they're supposed to be, you know. But the gospel says that they have Christ in them. They have Christ inside of them. So why would I have to control Jesus? <laughs> Why would you need to control Jesus? He's probably going to be pretty good at what he does, you know, in his life. So, uh, 
when you feel the tendency to want to control somebody or you feel someone wanting to control you, you recognize like no glory. You recognize it's a law-based religious mentality and uh, no participation <laughs> in that. And you won't want to. I mean, you guys are all go- you know becoming gospel junkies, so it's like these are all things you probably easily recognize. But yeah, 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 yeah. So freedom. Replaced with freedom because of trust of Christ within and His gospel. <laughs> you actually trust people. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Number seven is uh, fear. If you smell fear, you can smell that there's a religion there. Um, that's what pe- so many people are tired of fear based, you know, Christianity, fear based, whatever. And uh, that's why, you, I mean, I can't find a place for, like, you know, preaching. Uh, hellfire and stuff like that. I just can't really find a place for it because even though they're, you know, whatever your views are on hell, like um, a motivation of fear, while it may produce initial behavior change, doesn't produce heart change. So there's no way to actually have a living, healthy person using that motivation. Um, You may use it as like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but then as you move on to the revelation of the gospel, he says, I'll show you a, the most excellent way, which is love. Ha ha ha. But if you, if you hear fear, like it, and fear is usually, if you do this, you better be careful, you know. If you, if you do that, you're going to, you know, using negatives to, to motivate negative consequences, negative, look out, or this is going to happen. Now, it's not like you can't, like, correct somebody you know or warn somebody but my god it's got to take a different context than we've seen (laughs) you know uh, loving correction within deep relationship where the person knows confidently that you're for them like that's really the only place because we've tried to use fear on each other just too much we try to correct you know uh and and this gospel of, of christ living within and among every person releases you from that from fear it's actually he did something he actually accomplished something (laughs) so fear is replaced with faith and fear is cast out by perfect love 1st John 4 says so good so good so good so good so good thank you God thank you God okay number 8 this is this is one that I like to talk about uh, and it makes a big difference (laughs) You can recognize religion with uh, religion will preach an easily offendable God. <laughs> Which is the opposite of what he said. Or he said, I'm slow to anger. They preach a God that's quick to anger. Is it like God could never be angry? Well, in Christ, he never sees you in an angry light. There are things that he's angry about, like he's angry about sin, stuff like that. He hates that. He judged it. And he removed it, so that's good news. <laughs> but you can always recognize religion. They're like, if if, if they disagree with you, uh, they'll want to use like some something like, "Oh man, you're what you're preaching is blasphemous and horrific." <laughs> it's like God doesn't even think of those terms anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Like. He, he's, if he's not offended, why are you offended about it? You know what I mean? Oh, someone believes something that is slightly off. Oh my God. Be careful. Because you're speaking of holy things here. 
and God's very easily offended, you know? Like, it, it, it's connected with the freedom to fail. Okay, you're learning new things about God. You might have just said something a little bit, like maybe it's not 100% theologically accurate, you know? But uh, God's not offended, you know? Oh, you have people in your midst. This is why the church kit has a hard time, like, receiving new people because we're, there's so much, like, oh, we're going to grieve the Holy Spirit away and that girl was dressed too scandalously or these people are cussing too much or, or whatever, you know. I mean, <laughs> you just have this view of a really healthy, emotional, emotionally healthy God, you know what I mean? And, and it's connected with the whole idea of did God have to crucify His Son in order to forgive you? You know? Did, did He have to kill His own Son in order to be happy? Like, what father has to kill his son in order to forgive somebody? But that's the bread and butter of most churches, right? Whoa, we're raking it down. Shiga, shiga, shiga. He was so he's so healthy emotionally. He forgave you before it happened. You know what I mean? Anything, everything. He just wants to be with you. He's so hard to offend. <laughs> he's your little theologies don't concern him. He's not worried. You know, he's not upset about you missing it. He's like, he's like, let's just enjoy life together. You can make some mistakes. You know what I mean? You can, I. I'm not, I mean, what family would be, like, healthy if, like, they just separated themselves from one another at the slightest problem, you know? <laughs> and that's what the cross speaks of. You came to kill him, and he still said, it's all good. <laughs> came to kill me, and he's like, right on. I forgive them. I forgive them. Yeah, they don't even know what's going on. I know that they're still learning and growing, yeah? And I'm not offended by that. I'm not offended by my kids at whatever stage that they're at. They're my kids. They're my kids. Oh, man, there's so much depth on that. He's like, I'd rather live in hell with you being offended be offending me all the time than live in heaven separate from you. You know? That's why, where does it say? I think it's Ephesians 4. It says, uh, He fills all things. You know, uh, it says He ascended, so He also descended. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, religion is recognized by an easily offendable God. Um, if there's ever an idea that comes to your mind like, oh man, I, I'm trying so hard. Why can't you just make it okay, God? That's, a, that's not Him, you know? That's a different idea. He's not like that. He's so slow to anger. He's, he's not tense. He's not worried. He's not, he's not unhealthy emotionally. He's... Oh... 
There's so many sacred cows of religion just broken down by a true revelation of what happened in the cross. And uh, it's just been happening in my own life. I'll, I'll be honest, you know, like, like I've still, you know, as a part of so many like religious systems and it's like easy to think when someone's behaving a certain way, oh man, like they better clean up their thing, you know, better get their act together. <laughs> but then you just, you know, you think about your own children and you're like, Man, it would take a lot, a lot, a lot for me to really get offended. I mean, you know, and and most people know that. That's why they're like, if they smell an easily offendable God, they're like, that can't be God. I'm not participating in that, you know. I'm not going to church where their God is, where I'm a better father than their God. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, number nine, all right, we're going to make it. Is this okay? Are you good? Drunk? You can smell religion when there's an emphasis more on discipline than on passion. <laughs> um, and that's, that's the quote from Bono, which rings so true. It's like, when God, when religion is when there's discipline replacing discipleship, and it's funny, discipleship is a real word in the Bible, but what does it mean, you know? I think we've defined it completely differently. Like, we've defined it as trying to make an unholy person become holy, act holy. Here's our steps to learn how to control your wicked heart and make it good. To these acts, read your Bible more, pray more, worship more, fast, do, do this and do that, and add to all these, and then eventually you become a disciplined person who knows how to love and be holy. But it never works, and it's never enough, and it puts you in the cycle of paranoia. Religion makes you paranoid. Religion will make you stressed out and exhausted. And instead of, like, if you recognize Christ within you, then it's not like there can't be a dis some disciplines in your life, you know, but disciplines manifest as a part of who you are. They feel good. You know, it's like, ooh, cool. Like, I like this. I, I like, you know, like a healthy diet. You know, you love to eat. You're just figuring out where and what at the, which times. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not like, oh, man, I need to discipline myself to enjoy food or to like to eat. It's like, I better discipline myself to drink water. It's like, you are created for that. These are the things you love. That's why I like... I think, of, you know, what some people might call spiritual disciplines are more like when you're a new creation, it's like just how you party. <laughs> like we're just learning how to party, right? Like prayer. It's not a discipline. It's how you party. <laughs> like reading the Bible. Like reading the Bible with the Holy Spirit is like exhilarating. You know? It's not a discipline for me. I like it. Like what it, it's like... It's a complete change. It's like you better read your Bible to get this. Or through this, you're going to grow into become something more. But whoa, when you've got it all, then what are the things that Jesus enjoys? Of course, He enjoys prayer. He enjoys like, you know, communing and serving people. It's not like a discipline. Okay, I've got to serve people six hours a week. Where am I going to fit this in and keep myself, make sure I do it, you know? He's like always ever flowing with these things is his passion. 
<laughs> so discipline is replaced with free, pure people of passion. Oh, so good. So, so good. So good. So, oh my God, it's big. It's big. So how do you train people in these things? Well, you teach them the gospel and then you just, you know, that's about it. I mean, <laughs> show people who they are and they begin to enjoy, you know, it just will manifest health effortlessly. It's like, you don't teach a baby to drink milk. They just crave it. They love it. So, good, good. Okay, number 10, number 10. All right, we made it through. Um, and this one's obvious too, but... You can smell religion when you feel and you hear encouragement to engage in meaningless ritual and service. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we've all been trained in it, you know, better go to church. That can never be a motivation for a new creation. Better go to church. <laughs> what? It's like, oh, man. Uh there might be an occasional time where you're not feeling it and you just go and hang out anyways, you know, like, just like there might be an occasional, like, night where you don't feel like partying, but sometimes you just take that night off because you're probably going to want to the next night, you know what I mean? Like, you just rest a little bit. There might be the occasional thing. It's like, it's connected with the last one on discipline. And I love, there is a Bill Johnson quote that I like on it. He's like, discipline is, is meant to be more of like a backdrop in a baseball game, like the backstop. It just catches the occasional stray pitch, but like playing the game is what it's all about, you know? You just play the game and you enjoy the game and you love the game, that's why you play and there might be an occasional stray pitch that's caught by, you know, saying, okay, you know, I'm going to read my Bible today. For a minute I don't feel it, but dude, <laughs> meaningless ritual and services are, are thrive off, you know, religious things thrive off that. You can include in that, like, you know, meaningless, like, giving and tithing and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, giving, like, offerings that are just like, why are we doing this? Like, what's, what's the point? Well, it's just good, brother. You just should. You know, should. It's the should realm, you know. The should realm is removed, right? It's all a get-to. We're just talking about the most exciting things. Why would you come to church? If it's a party, if people love Jesus and the presence of Jesus is manifesting out of everyone, it's just to celebrate. You celebrate that and your, your gatherings become celebration. Your, your life is celebration. Your, your service is celebration. Your, your giving is, is a cheerful giver. You know, whoa. I mean, I long to see people that are super generous, but I'm not going to try to put some new, like, rule on how much and try to enforce it, you know. It becomes completely different. But it's, it's replaced by... Flexible, organic gatherings and creative, ever-changing expressions. <laughs> Flexible, organic gatherings. We're not just doing this to do it. Like, if it ever becomes that, just, you know, ask the Holy Spirit for a new expression. You know, uh, participate in a change. And uh, I'm always open just to let you know as a part of this community. It's like, if anything ever becomes, like, just meaningless and pointless to you, like, just bring it up, you know, like because I trust Christ in you, maybe he's giving you a new expression for something. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, this, well, every Sunday we better meet at 1.30 for that class. Keep us all drunk. It's like, you're tapped into the infinite flow of the Godhead. I mean, if you enjoy being here, then come, you know, it's good. 
if, if it's fun for you and like, or if something's happening positive for you, then participate, you know, otherwise, like, let's just find the most fun, you know, let's, what's the most fun we could have, you know, <laughs> and uh, that can be scary, you know, for the religious order, it can be scary for leadership, you know, it's like, whoa, like, I can't rely on this. How do we rely? What's that going to happen, you know? And I'm not saying there's not consistency in things, you know? Like, I've been doing this class for, like, over a year now, and it's still got life on it for me, but if not, i just change it, you know? <laughs> it's like, woo! But, like, yeah, yeah, meaningless ritual and service. And I encourage you, you know, like, don't uh, get in that mentality that's like, well, I've got to bring this person to the meeting, or I've got to get them to read their Bible. No, just, t- just tell them the gospel free without any hooks just give them the gospel as a gift and then if it starts something starts happening then as you see the desire in them and connect them with places that are of like passion you know but and you know if if, if they seem open and they, if they want to come to a meeting or they want to participate in something but like the whole idea of dragging someone to church or whatever it's like no give them the gospel as a free gift just give it as a free gift with no strings attached and just say you know, because you're, you're the demonstration of Christ in them. They don't need to do this. Don't try to hook them into some program or formula because until it comes from the heart, it will be meaningless. And, and uh, that's what people think the church is right now. It's like almost pointless. They're like, it has no relevance. Why would I go there? You know, well, give them the free gift of the gospel and have expressions that are life-giving. And uh, it's a lot of freedom. So yeah, uh, meaningless ritual and service replaced by a flexible, organic gathering and creative, ever-changing expressions. <laughs> Woo! So that's my little list. Um, the gospel, the gospel is always a solution. <laughs> this message, this reality that releases you into a continual drunken state of ecstasy in the presence of God. Continual life-giving state of union with this presence, with this heavyweighty presence. Brings such a freedom for a need to, to participate in any of those uh, manifestations of religious activity. Your heart is made holy. Your heart is one with Christ. Realizing, and there's an awakening going on where we will see like you know, some of the most amazing like gatherings and, and uh, quote-unquote programs and structures and activities, but they'll all flow from the heart. They'll flow from, from the heart, from desire. And so, whoa, like, as you're free from religion, most of us are on this journey of now, instead of discovering what should we do, it's now what do I love to do? What do I love with my life? And uh, most of us... Whether you grew up in church or not, were brought up in a religious mindset and you never let yourself think that way. You never let yourself wonder, what is, am I passionate about? What do I love? What do I in my holy heart want to, to do and participate in? And so you're exploring that and, and you're free to fail and try things and make mistakes and, and grow and you're free to, to just go on wild adventures and maybe sometimes you fall off the cliff but he catches you, you know? And uh, that's why I posted on my Facebook this week a little picture that said, uh, you know, those that discover great things are those that came to terms with leaving sight of the shore a long time ago. (laughs) 
leaving, you can't even see the shore. You're so far out, like Godfrey Bernal says that you can't go back. You don't even know where the shore is anymore, but that's where you're exploring these new things. Or like, like Bill Johnson says, like those that catch the biggest fish are those that sometimes get their hook stuck on the bottom. You know? <laughs> but it's okay, you know what I mean? So you can, you can fish in the shallow waters, and that's kind of where religion keeps you. It's like, this is how you do it, and this is exactly, and it's a guaranteed result every time, and you'll always be able to do this. But then, dude, it's the difference between good fruit and God fruit in your life. Like, listen, there's a lot of ministries that are seeing salvations and seeing healings and stuff, but, I mean, my God, what if, if like, everybody in the world just came to an awakening? What if there was a full manifestation of the sons of God? And not just, like, I'm thankful for anything, any fruit, you know what I mean? But God fruit has a completely different dimension on it. And it only flows from this gospel where you're allowed to be completely free. <laughs> You're the image and likeness of God. God is not suspicious of His own image and likeness. <laughs> he's not wondering about how to control you and keep you in line. He's, he's setting you free to be everything that He, he intended from His original thoughts about us. And, uh, whoa! So the, let the wildness continue. Let the adventure continue. Not to explore like, you know, weird, dirty things, but to explore the amazing purity of an ecstatic life of holiness, of the pleasure of holiness. It just never gets old. And we're just, we're exploring new realms. I just feel right now, I'll just bring it to a close here, but I just feel right now, like even just a, an explosion of discovery of the pleasure of holiness. Like new discoveries of 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 the delight of what uh, that oh that that bright white hot holiness is you know what I mean the bright light of the purity of who you are you, at the core of your being there's burning a white hot light where it's like sin and all all darkness are, have no not even a, a a tinge of connection with you no temptation. There's no, the only thing you're tempted by is bliss in Jesus. You know, <laughs> you're so woo, free. So Lord, I just release that that holy freedom. Just a mm, woo, a confident expectation of the exploration of holiness, holiness, Lord. Of how fun it is, Lord, to live in your pure white hot light. That's the white rabbit that you're following. And on the rabbit hole is the white hot purity and the Shekinah glory. Shekinah glory. Following your bliss. Wherever the most weighty glory. The weighty glory of His presence. It's leading and guiding you. So. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The great manifestation of now, of it is finished. Of it is finished. Wow. The whole world caught up in Christ, manifested, redeemed, restored to fullness of Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're free. <laughs>